commence primary ignition. This is where the fun begins. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there, and welcome back to the channel. I finally had an opportunity to watch the three-episode premiere of Andor, the new Star Wars series on Disney+. Plus. So I figured, you know, it's Mando Talk. It's, it's a Star Wars podcast. I've got some free time right now. I may as well give a review slash breakdown slash reaction of mine from watching this three-episode premiere. For me, personally, just overall thoughts, let's just go ahead and go straight into it. Definitely, tonally, tonally, not totally, tonally different from anything that Star Wars has ever done, which for me, personally, is extremely exciting. Like, I love the stage that's been set. I love the vibes i love the grittiness i love the rawness i love how serious it is and i hear your complaints online i see them online i even love the slowness i love the pace that this series is taking because this is a deep deep character study and not only that i also feel like we're building toward a galaxy study which has me absolutely pumped now that we know, you know, where Cassian is headed to next, potentially. We know where Cassian might be headed to next uh, by the end of episode three, which, by the way, if uh, the title didn't give it away of this episode, of this video, this is a spoiler discussion. I'm about to run through some of the key takeaways that I made here on my notes as I was watching this thing. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can probably tell, you know, I'm reclining. I'm in my recliner, just chilling in my living room, literally just finding some time to give some content. So, hey, there you go. Appreciate you being uh, here on YouTube. If you're not over on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button for more Star Wars content and more Andor content specifically. I will go ahead and give another plug and then we'll definitely get into the breakdown. Myself and DJ and Zach Horvath are going to be doing a review of episodes 1 through 4, a full hour long, maybe even longer than that because we're going to have four episodes to discuss, a full breakdown, spoiler discussion, spoiler review of the first four episodes of Andor. That's going to be dropping the first Monday of October. Can't wait for that, so be sure subscribe, rate, like, whatever you got to do to help the algorithm to make sure that Mando Talk pops up wherever you are listening or watching uh, this lovely episode. All right, let's now get into it, okay? So episode one, we visit Morlana 1 and or visits that location. It's apparently a planet, moon, we don't know, but Morlana 1, earliest moments of this series at this location, establish how gritty it's going to be with the fact that we're visiting a Star Wars brothel. Not something that I was expecting to ever see in Star Wars at all. But uh, for me, it, it again, it just 
set the stage. It sets the tone. It allows the viewer to know exactly what to expect moving forward in this series. And it just shows kind of how far or yeah, how far they're willing to go, how far the the creatives are wanting to take this show as far as like adult ish type of content, just something that you're not used to seeing in star Wars, but I enjoyed the the high stakes, the um, intensity, if you will, or just just the the tone, the tone of it. It just fits, and it, it looked beautiful, very 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 early on. All right, so in this brothel, two more Lana, one Sentry guards are chirping Cassian upon settling in. You know, entitlement going on. You know, they've been there first, so why aren't they being serviced first? Things like that. Cassian is hoping to see an employee from Canari, which is a small mid-rim system. And Cassian is specifically looking for his sister, which very uh, interesting. Which, of course, that eventually connects to the flashbacks that we'll discuss more so here in a bit. Cassian accidentally kills one of the guards with a headbutt, which... Very strong uh, headbutt there, forcing his hand to kill the second guard to save himself. This very much so reminded me of his character introduction in Rogue One. I mean, in Rogue One, he had to kill somebody to save himself there too. So I, I, I like the, I like the parallel there. I like the parallel storytelling. All right, on Ferrix, this is in the Morlani system, so very close by. First introduction to this location, we see basically a Star Wars dog peeing on a droid, something I never thought I needed to see, but hey, I love the fact that I've now seen that. And we get that droid's introduction. It's B2 Emo, or you'll hear Cassian just call the droid B moving forward. That's probably what I'll start referencing that droid as is B. I love this droid. I top tier droid already in my opinion Cassian asked B and Brazo to cover for him and lie about seeing him the night before um Brazo is a total bro he's the definition of a bro he's willingly gonna cover for him and I also noticed before Cassian left B he took a skinny rod out of B I didn't know if that was something that B got for Cassian or if it was just Cassian showing that he that he cares for this droid. I, I don't really know exactly 100% what's going on there, but that's kind of the vibes I was getting. That, that I was leaning more towards, so just Cassian cares for B. Cares for B a lot. All right, where are we at here? Cassian then meets Bix, a new character here, female character. She is awesome, headstrong, does the things that she needs to do and doesn't let anybody tell her what to do. I love this character. And uh, Bix has a friend that has wanted to meet Cassian, and of course later we, we find out who that friend is, but Cassian is looking to sell an untraceable NS9 Starpath unit with vector crystals and an Imperial seal still intact, so whatever this thing is, uh, maybe there's a Wikipedia page out there about what that is, but hey, it must sound fancy if it's, if it's, you know, if Cassian's going through all this trouble. Alright, next up, this upsets Bix, who appears to have bought things off of Cassian in the past, and I also feel like there may be like some strong relationship between these two, because our boy Timmy gets very jealous, uh, and uh, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves with that, but Timmy gets very jealous of uh, Cassian and, and Bix's relationship for sure. 
All right, let's see where are we at. Nurchie and his new wingman Vetch is wanting his deposit back, but Cassian talks his way out of it. I just like this scene because it shows what Cassian, his character, it kind of has that Han Solo-esque to it there in those moments where Cassian's able to talk his way out of having to pay some money. Bix secretly makes a call to her friend wanting to meet Cassian. Again, later in another episode, we find out that that is, in fact, Luthen. so love to see that. And then Cassian is told he can't secretly use a ship anymore by a man named Pegla. Cool stuff there. And then we go to, well, that was really everything in episode one regarding Ferex. Really loved the world building and loved the, the small corner of the galaxy that they took the time to, you know, slow. And again, I love that. Slow, but took the time to, to show what, what all was going on here in that planet. Morlana 1, which is back at the security headquarters on Morlana 1. A security guard informs his boss of the death of the two guards the night before. The boss wants to cover the death of the two guards since they were in a brothel drinking on the job. That wouldn't look good. So the boss says that um, he has to report to the Empire and wants to keep reports concise to ensure the Empire isn't thinking about Priox Morlana, which benefits the security team and their superiors. So obviously this security system is you know, like a level down from the Empire. The Empire's telling these people what to do. They're being controlled by the Empire. That, at least that's my take currently. And this boss man doesn't want to report this killing because it's just more attention on them, which they don't want more attention from the Empire. They just want to keep on, you know, laying low, I guess, and rightfully so. Again, this is world building. It's showing how the galaxy's reacting to there being in an Imperial regime spread spread across the galaxy at this point so loved loved those moments and, and loved that dialogue and speaking of dialogue super strong throughout the first three episodes incredible dialogue all right next up this security guard that's basically told to stand down doesn't stand down he's fixated on finding the killer of the two guards from the night before He's tracking movement through checkpoints. He's searching for Canary Mails on Ferrix. He's doing whatever it takes. So he definitely doesn't heed his boss's warnings there. He, um, he's, he's doing the things he's got to do. He wants to find Cassian. He wants to find the guy that, that murdered his, his two fellow employees, which rightfully so. You know, he, he's, he's a good guy from a certain point of view. You know, if you're on Morlana 1, if you're a security guard, you might feel the feel the same way as this is this head honcho all right flashbacks that was another key plot point for episode one cassian his sister and young canari witness a ship exploding in the sky i have to admit this reminded me of rings of power since you know recency that's very similar to something that happens in that series a fellow canari boy isn't happy that cassian is joining in on the skin markings that they were doing so that has me speculating how long has cassian and his sister been with these this canari tribe which is just kids by the way i'm still wanting to know more about What's going on there? Because we know information from Luthen in episode three about how Cassian's father was hung in a square. So I, I, I'm not reading that, that that father was with the Canari people. At least that's not what I'm reading currently. So hopefully we get some more information on that. All right, Cassian goes off with many of the Canari, leaving his sister behind, which I, as soon as I saw this, I had some bad vibes. Bad vibes about him leaving his sister behind, which obviously that's still his goal. Now in his adult life, he is searching for his sister. And that's that's motivating every single decision that he has currently. So 
Great stuff there. All right, that ran through episode one, I believe. That was all of the big things that happened, all of the things that uh, I made a, a point to jot down in my notes as I was watching. Let me do one more scan by through here to make sure that I've covered it all. Ooh, let's talk about just Cassie and his sister. This was another note that I had. Cassie and his sister were, it looked like we're learning to fit in with the Canari people. That's something that I may have glanced over. So I'm speculating that they're not truly from Canari, but they learned the Canari ways, so they kind of just embraced it. And another thing that was throwing me off is that in Rogue One, Cassian says he's been in the fight since he was six years old, but this kid that's playing Cassian on Canari doesn't look six. He looks older than six, so I'm wondering if there's even more backstory. But I'm again, I may be reading this completely wrong. I'm just sharing with you kind of the vibes that I've gotten so far. All right. That covers episode one. I loved episode one. It was slow, but I loved it. All right. Episode two. We open with some flashbacks. And again, I'm going to handle this in the three different sections. I'm going to handle flashbacks. I'm going to handle what happens on Ferrix. I'm going to handle what happens on Morlana one. All right, flashbacks. Cassian is following behind the Canari group that, you know, he just previously left with. And we see the infamous wide view shot into a massive digging of some kind, which in episode two, yeah, in this same episode, later in the episode, it's revealed this was an Imperial mining project that I guess just went bad. Uh, So very cool. Again, world building there and explains maybe why Cassian already has an early hatred for the Empire. The Canari group make their way to the fallen ship where there are dead dudes looking yellowish green. Don't know what's going on there. They've got some symbols on their jumpsuits. I, I haven't dug into what those symbols mean, so we might be able to figure out some more about that. But given his age, I'm assuming we're still in the prequel era. We're still in the in the uh, Republic era. That's just, again, instant initial thought and breakdown here. I, I haven't dug into that, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. All right, and then also one of the yellowish-green-looking dudes wakes up and opens fire on the kids, and the leader is shot. And this appears to be the beginning of Cassian's hatred for, again, Imperial or just head honcho regimes, if if that makes sense. Uh, It definitely gives off Imperial vibes, even if we're not in the age of the Empire yet in in these moments. You can see how this might ignite and fuel Cassian's disliking for the Empire moving forward. All right, on Ferrix, the town is closing down for the night in another great world-building type of filming. I just like the way that this was shot. It was fantastic. The message from the Priox Morlana security is beginning to make its way around Ferrix. Marva, which I'm assuming is Cassian's adoptive mother has always filled out official documents that Cassian is actually from Fest. Again, initial reaction. I haven't done the research. Don't know what Fest is, but I, I want to know why they're choosing that one. Maybe it's, it's just convenient to put that one, and that's probably what it is. Probably no further reason with that. Cassian confesses to Bix what happened. Bix's friend is coming in the morning to buy his part, which, again, is eventually going to be Luthen. Uh, Timmy... Our boy Tim is getting mad jealous and drunk and ends up contacting the pre-more security because of this. Unfortunate for our boy Tim. Uh, Bix visits Tim in yet again another very adult-themed scene. So this scene, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it. This scene heavily alluded to the fact that these two in a relationship had sex. Never, never been portrayed in Star Wars. Just 
one of those things that, again, they're setting the tone. They're showing how far they're willing to go. They're showing that this series, this storytelling is going to be different from anything that we've anything that we've seen before. And I also uh, threw me off there for a second when Bix wakes up in the morning and asks for, I can't remember if it was cough or calf. Uh, regardless, cough would make me think of coffee. Uh, calf would make me think of cafe. So it threw me off there, took me back into you know our world there for a second. I have to admit, that was one thing that uh, in these episodes that, that threw me off. Now, there is later some blue lo mein noodles that one of the Morlana One security dudes is eating. I actually enjoyed that, though. I'm kind of wanting to get the recipe on how I can get some blue lo mein going on in my diet. All right, <laughs> let's continue to move on in the plot here with episode two. Luthen arrives on Ferrix, seemingly confirming that this is Bix's friend, which we know now for a fact that it is. Marva finds Cassian's staff when he was a child that he's been using in the flashback. Luthen listens to a random dude on a transport complain about the way things are in the galaxy regarding paying for everything, and it's revealed he is, in fact, on Ferrix searching for Cassian because that's the end of the episode. Now, I have skipped over, you know, all the stuff that was going on at Morlana 1 during this episode, so let me hit all of that stuff here real quickly. It appears that the brothel employee has been the one informing the Primor security, so the the female, the lady that was sharing or talking with Cassian, we can kind of see her blurry in the background, so it seems like that's the pre-more security contact. Sergeant Mosk is called on to become the right-hand man for Deputy Inspector Karn. I think that's the first time we get the leader's name. It is Inspector Karn, but uh, Sergeant Mosk, what a dude. Love this guy. He is absolutely hilarious. Accidentally hilarious. I know he's written to be accidentally hilarious, but I'm talking like in that Star Wars world, I would just find that dude naturally funny. He, he doesn't even have to try. He's just that kind of dude. He's just that kind of dude. All right, the Primor have launched and are headed toward Ferrix, game planning how to get Cassie and Andor, and Karn gives a very weak speech, which again, our boy Sergeant Mosk uh, adds, some, adds some comedic relief to that, you know, giving him a pat on the back, clapping, stuff like that. Great stuff. Love the characters that they are establishing in this show. It is fantastic. All right, on to episode three. We really just have flashbacks and we have Ferrix because everything makes their, makes its way to that one location. The flashbacks, it's shown Cassian climbs on board the fallen ship. Marva finds Cassian in the ship and Marva ends up kind of knocking out Cassian with some sort of dust or I, I didn't really see exactly how that went down don't know if it was something like she forced down his throat or he she like shot it into him wasn't sure but some kind of poison trippy magic I don't know what it was but it basically knocks out Cassian and she ends up taking him to Canari so I kind of felt bad for Cassian he gets separated from his sister doesn't know where she is I'm assuming he hasn't known where she is ever since then based on the fact that in episode one and episode two and right now in episode three that's his main goal is to find her so yeah and at that moment I was like come on Marva I get what I get what Marva's doing you know she sees this random boy that's all alone on this appearingly evil ship uh, regardless if it's Republic or Empire it just gives off bad vibes uh, so I get what she's doing, but you know, he was with his, his tribe, but she didn't know that. So, you know, it's like one of those from a certain point of view kind of things. All right. 
that was the flashbacks. That was the big reveal, the fact that Marva was the one that took Cassian away from his tribe on Canari and separated Cassian from his sister. All right, on Ferrix, Cassian says goodbye to Brazo. What a cool dude that guy is. Luthen has officially arrived and meets Bix. The pre-morn squad arrives on Ferrix. The pre-morn arrive at Marva's and are able to track Cassian's location from him communicating with B. Never trust communicators, Cassian. Come on now. Uh, Luthen and Cassian meet for the selling of the NS9 Starpath unit, where Luthen basically tests Cassian. And man, I love the dialogue. I love the acting. I love everything about this scene. It was fantastic. Bix finds out that Tim ratted out Cassian. Man, that one hurt. That one hurt real bad. Luthen reveals that his father was hung in Rick Square. So again, I think I kind of already alluded to that, which is making me think that Cassian and his sister don't actually come from Canari. I still want to know more. I don't know. Maybe, again, maybe I'm just totally reading that wrong. But that's kind of where I'm at. Because I, I can't rem Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought that I had read somewhere in canon that we knew Cassian's parents were separatists. So what's going on here? I don't know anymore. Maybe that's just not a thing. Maybe I made that up. But you let me know. Let me know wherever you can reach me. At Mando Talk on social medias. You know, specifically Twitter. Slide into my DMs. Or if you're on YouTube, jump down into the comments. All right, where are we at now? Luthen reveals that his father was hung in Rick Square. That's what we just hit. Luthen attempts to recruit Cassian, which, again, is just setting up a great story, in my opinion. The pre-morn security arrive at Luthen and Cassian's location where they get caught in a shootout. Cassian has to leave the box behind and go with Luthen. Setting up, you know, the rest of this show. Tim is killed by pre-morn. The pre-morn squads are in position and the clanging that's been going on, like that the the people of Ferrix have been doing to, I guess, just signal trouble or intimidate the officers that's been just kind of the rhythm of the episode and again incredibly directed incredibly written the rhythm of the episode was following the rhythm of those civilians beating on things and it stops and at that moment you know okay things are about to go down and Cassian then has Karn at gunpoint Brazo ends up being the guy that rigs a pre-morn shuttle which prevents the pre-morn from escaping the way that they had hoped. Cassian and Luthen take the pre-morn out with an empty speeder, and they take off on a separate speeder, and we're off. We're off from there. We're seemingly assuming that Cassian's going with Luthen to hopefully Coruscant. Maybe we'll get Mon Mothma in episode four, but that's where we're at. There's the breakdown. There's all of the big things that happened in the first three episodes of Andor, the new Star Wars series. It's fantastic. It is, admittedly, I, I recognize and acknowledge it is slow, but that is something for me as a Star Wars nerd building this world in this small corner of the galaxy. I love every single second that they're taking to set the stage and set the stakes, set the tone, build these characters because we still have nine more episodes. We still have nine more episodes where they can start to crank up the intensity. So we're going to have plenty of time to get into some action. So at you, Tony Gilroy, at Lucasfilm, at everybody, I know you've already done it because it's already been shot and it's just being released at this point, but keep doing what you're doing. 
keep taking that on to uh, season two because we know that's coming. Uh, love this series so far, but you let me know what you think of and or the first three episodes. And again, for more spoiler discussion, more so of a you know conversation between myself, DJ, and Zach, make sure that you stay tuned. Dropping the first Monday of October, we will spoiler discuss, open discussion, review break down even further because I know I missed some details. I know I missed some things. I missed some vibes. We'll do that more dropping on the first Monday of October, covering the first four episodes of Andor. And I can't wait for that conversation. I can't wait to have DJ and Zach both on the pod at the same time. Very exciting. I don't think we've ever been able to pull that off. Of course, both of them have been a part of the podcast. And now we're we're coming coming together all at once for episodes one through four i can't wait for that discussion thank you so much for checking out this episode let me know what you thought of these episodes down in the comments follow mando talk at mando talk on twitter and also tell you what if you ever want a break from star wars i know you don't want a break from star wars who wants a break from star wars it's fantastic but if you ever want to see me talk about other things other than star wars you know like game of thrones lord of the rings dc marvel follow me on tiktok at casual geek clips where you can get some non-Star Wars related reviews, discussion, and fun uh, outside of the Star Wars world. All right, there's all the plugs. There's all the things I needed to say. Let me get out of here, and I'll see you on the next episode of Mando Talk. And as always, we have spoken.